skeleton king was once our beloved lord, Leoric. He was mad by Diablo's I cannot go to Chaldeum, specifically that area where all the dudes are in the cages, for whatever reason I'm there for. Story, adventure mode, bounties, whatever. I cannot go there without letting those guys out. Now, in adventure mode, there's no value to that. There's no quest going on. There's, no, not, there's not even an event happening where all those guys in cages need to be let out. You can just run past. You can ignore them. It is a ticket to be a bad uh, citizen. In Chaldeum, or nay, the greater the greater uh, sanctuary, you can just be a complete douche and run away and never talk to any of those guys. But what is driving me to let them out every time I'm there, regardless of character level, uh, who I'm with, solo? It doesn't matter. I don't know what it is. I think it speaks to the kind of gamer that I might be and perhaps that some of you might be. So even though we're talking about a completely artificially constructed area, uh, 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 space, the people in it aren't real. You're not real, really. It's just pixels and dust, man. And you go in there and and you hear a voice go, please, sir, let me out. They've kept us here for 22 days or whatever he says. I can't deny the guy. I have to open every cage. I even go down in the cellar there where there's more and there's no reason. There's some, there's some stuff to kill down there and a few pots to break, but there's no real motivation to go in that basement, except I just can't stand this idea that these poor plebeians, these poor refuses of society have been locked up and tested and, you know, had terrible things done to them. Not the least of which is they're they're forced to stand in a cage in tattered rags. I don't even know where you'd have to pee in there. I guess out of the cage. But anyway, the point is this. I believe that that is who I am. I believe that's the guy I would be if I were rolling around with a with a ball in one hand and a wand in the other. Right? I think I would have to be the guy who would stop and not just let those guys stay and suffer. I am not tooting my own horn here. It is a a palpable feeling of guilt if I skip those dudes. I can't be alone in this. There have to be others. I've run plenty of risks with people where they don't seem to care about anything but speed. But there's always a piece of me that's like, well, no, hold on now. There are people to rescue. There are also pots and things to knock over that still have stuff in them that you guys probably missed. But oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's keep running to the end. Let's get that Rift Guardian as quick as we can and get on to the next one. I understand the play style. I get it. You're just seeing the numbers. You know what you want and you know what you have to do to get it. But I can't run past those cages and hear the cries of those people and not let them out for no reward. I get nothing from it. They don't even drop gold or anything. Hell, I couldn't even turn on them and kill them if I wanted to. They are just there doing what they do. 
They are the they are a figment of the game's imagination. They are the product of scripts that run with or without you. And yet, I have to stop and I have to let them out. This is the Diablo Show, and this is episode five. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's the weekend of May 24th, 2014. I don't usually give you the date, but why not? We're nearly halfway into season one of this show, and I hope you guys are enjoying the ride. I surely am having a ball. Uh, so thanks for joining us. we got a big one today. A whole bunch of stuff going on. Let's jump right in. Hey, Scott. Eric Muller here. So I'm running a rift, and I'm more or less done. Rift Guardian's dead. I found some nice loot. Nothing too special, but some good stuff. And I've found, I've, I've uncovered about 95% of the map. And I'm just about to close the rift when I'm, that OCD just is bugging me. And I'm like, I have to, I have to find out. I have to um, just look at that last little 5% of the map. So I go back and in the corner, in a barrel, what do I find but a nice new weapon that doubles my damage? That's just the way it goes. Loving the show, Scott. Keep it up. Bye-bye. Ha! Ha! I told you, man. Look, a few of you are angry. We'll address more of this as the show goes on. But a few of you are angry that I, I introduced the idea of clickables and kickables and that you have to get them all. Because either one of two things has happened. Either you're doing it now and it's driving you crazy to have to look for every little thing. Or you can't get the phrase kickable and clickable out of your head when you see a barrel or whatever, or a body. I apologize. It's catchy. It's an earworm. I understand. But look, I'm with this guy. You got to go there. If there's just a little piece left, you got to go. You can't have a key lime pie and know that there's like a sliver left of that pie and let it just languish and not eat it. Eat it. There's something good in there. Kick over that guy. There's some gold in there. Maybe something better. Same thing happened to me yesterday. Walked into a rift. I was already late to the party. Everybody was already going. That means there was kind of a trail of gold I could pick up behind them and I could go join them in their next little fight with some elites. But guess what was just to my left as I walked in? An unblown up chili bowl thing. The butcher level thing. It's like a bowl of chili, whatever it is. It's like food. And I thought, well, I'll zap. it's not going to take me any work to zap that. Boing! Out drops a legendary helm. That was a total upgrade for me. I forgot the name of it. It's a good one, though. Looks like I have goat horn or uh, ram horns on my head. And that that was me seconds into the stupid thing. And here's the other part. As I'm going down to fight with those guys, we get down to the to the end, uh, you know, zoned and zoned in, I don't know, three or four times. Got to the Rift Guardian, beat him. He dropped nothing of note, nothing I needed. Blood shards, I guess. That's good because I got I got a new legendary belt out of Kadalarha uh, back in town. That's good. But the point is that 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 whole experience would have left me with a bunch of yellows and trash that I was just gonna you know turn into dust anyway. But instead, I took the time to kick over that chili bowl and <laughs> out popped a helm. So you're not you were right to do what you did. There, Mister. Keep it up. Don't go changing. Oh, 
All right, we got some good news. If you enjoyed the Buff Week, the two-year anniversary week that we talked about last week, then you're among friends because I think we all enjoyed it. The extra gold was nice. The extra XP was nice. The extra legendary chance was nice. And it was so nice, they gave it to you twice. The second time, permanently. So check this out. Uh, Official blog post. This happened a couple of days ago. So if you're wondering if you should have gotten into the anniversary business and now you're thinking, well... No big deal. Whatever. Now you can still do it. You can still get the benefit from it. Terpster said an interesting thing on the instance about how because because it wasn't made permanent from the get-go, he was more motivated to take advantage of that five-day or so anniversary period. More so than he would have if he'd known it was going to stick around after. And I kind of agree with him there. So probably good the way they did it. Um, But yeah, here's what they said. Hello, folks. This is a quote from the forums. A blue poster said the following. I come bearing exciting news, he says. Due to the overwhelming popularity of our anniversary buff, we have decided to keep the increased legendary drop rate once the anniversary celebration ends, which happened Thursday. It ended. Once the buff is uh, disabled tomorrow morning, this was Wednesday, I guess, you will find that the new baseline drop rates for legendary items will be the same as those you have enjoyed all through the last week. Happy hunting and link the loot. Uh, so that was awesome. That was great. What a nice little, uh, unexpected gift. Here's what I think. I think when I was running during that week and I did notice an uptick in the drop rate, that felt more right to me. In other words, I think they ended up just doing the natural thing here. This was the good and right thing. Cause once you've had a taste for that, you go, now this feels more like about the kind of work per reward ratio that I need in my life. It wasn't too much. I, I would argue that it was too little before. That's what I'm getting at. In other words, this is like a nerf. And this is not like a nerf. This is like a buff that you'd normally just get in a patch. And they disguised it as a quote-unquote temporary thing you got for an anniversary bonus. And then just decided to keep it in. But the net effect is they just buffed it. And it needed a buff. So I, I complain not at all about this. Super stoked that they did it. And may they ever do it again. May we get more deals like this in the future. May double the gold one day stick forever. Oh. Hey, Scott. Just wanted to call in saying I enjoy the show. I uh, just listen, finished listening to episode four, and uh, you were talking about how there isn't a lot of monk love going on. Uh, not a lot of people are interested in the monk. I just wanted to pitch in and say I've been playing my monk since the game came out. Uh, you know, I picked up Diablo 4, Diablo 3, but since then I picked up the monk and I haven't looked back ever since. I have leveled up other characters, but I always keep coming back to my monk. I'm on Torment 2, tearing shit up with the Tempest Rush build. Oops, I'm not supposed to say uh, curse words. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to uh, call in to say I'm enjoying the monk. I love the show and uh, keep up the great work. So there you go, some monk love from the community. Um, you guys may have heard or saw, there was this all over Reddit for a couple of days. Some guy had linked on Reddit or maybe somewhere else. It, it started showing up in forums and all, all over Twitter uh, that there was a red legendary of some sort or some kind of red item. Red, like a like a skyward pointing, uh, you know, light to the sky saying, ooh, a drop, and it's red, not orange, not green. 
Not yellow. Well, I guess the yellows don't have the the beam of light to heaven or not. But or at all, not or not at all is what I meant to say. And it looked pretty real. It didn't look super photoshopped. It wasn't video, but it was uh, a screen grab. And there wasn't a name on it. There was no title to the item. It was just this beam of light from from the heavens amongst a pile of other loot that had dropped, including an orange that was in there for a legendary. And everybody started, you know, assuming that something cool was going on. People started bugging Blizzard about it. And Blizzard never really responded to it. Uh, Turns out the guy was trolling everybody. It's totally fake. He later admitted that he photoshopped it. It was never real. And uh, don't get your hopes up. There is no new tier of gear that is red coming from the heavens. It's just too bad. Because that sounds kind of rad, right? That seems like a thing I could get my head around. The idea that they would suddenly go, hey, here's an item that's almost impossible to get, and boom, here it is. And it's incredible, and it's amazing, and look at the stats, and holy crap. But I feel like they're kind of, they still, like, we, we have not farmed the legendaries enough. There is still plenty more to go, and we talk about tiered rifts later in the show today. You'll see just how many more of those really are waiting for you. So don't get too excited. I don't think anything's happening soon. But if Blizzard wants to freak people out, that's a way to do it. Suddenly have some new color come down from the sky. Unless you're colorblind, then maybe that, I don't know. What does red look like to a colorblind guy? we got to have some of those players. Actually, I'd like to interview one of you. Are any of you colorblind? How does How is Diablo for you? Are there settings you do to, to tweak stuff? Are you doing something more on a base system level, like in your video card or... Or in uh, Windows or on the Mac or something to to change the way Diablo appears to you so that you get a better experience out of it. I'm always fascinated by that. So, friends of the show, if you are colorblind, email us. Show at gmail.com is the email address. I would love to hear more about it. This is Renee out of Dallas, Texas. I just have a one small question. I don't know if you've talked about it or not. But if you hit the G or H key, you could drop a flag. Um... Is that the PvP deal that never came out? Um, I don't know. Maybe you can answer that for me. Anyways, keep up the good work. Love the show. Bye-bye. All right. I have no idea. That's totally news to me that you can drop a flag, and I don't know what that's used for. How have I, I don't know how I missed this. I've never seen it in a game. I've never seen anybody do it. I've never hit those keys by accident or on purpose and never really checked the key bindings to see what those keys were attached to. It's also weird that it's two keys. Well, what is that for? Does anybody know? Is that to say, oh, uh, dude, while you were AFK, uh, there was major boss fights and they were here and here in the room. So make sure you check those in case there's something dropped for you. Your instance loot awaits you, maybe. Or maybe you're right about the PvP thing or maybe something I just don't know. I have no idea. Honestly, that is, I didn't know it existed. And I meant to before the show go research it and find out. But it's more fun to be surprised by things, I figure. So there you go. That's the thing you can do. We don't know why you can do it. Our friend from Texas would also like to know. I don't know. There is a very nice extension for Chrome out currently. Chrome, this is Chrome the browser. Google's Chrome. You, you, might, be, you might be familiar with it. The simple extension adds, uh, adds your, ex, uh, I can't talk, your elemental damage and elemental elite damage to your official Diablo 3 profile page. Uh, the two new damage rows are added to the attribute section right over where sort of your sheet damage is. So from, f- for those who don't know, maybe, maybe many, some of you don't know, but you can look at your 
Diablo 3 character profile anytime on the official site. You have to log in to do it, but once you do it, you can look at any of your characters. You can see what gear they have, what runes you're running, what spells you're running, everything about your character and what all your base stats are. Your, uh, you know, how much strength you have if you're a, you're a tanky class with a lot of strength stats or if a lot of uh, int if you're a you know, wizard or witch doctor or whatever. And uh, what are the monks focus mostly on holy? Is it holy damage? Or am I, well, anyway, what I, I, I'm so monk noob that I just couldn't tell you. But anyway, the point is this, this, uh, this Google Chrome extension very seamlessly and, and nicely, it doesn't really change the look of anything, just adds in these extra bits of information, which is nice. Your elemental damage and your elemental elite damage, which is cool. Big thanks to the 10 or so people that sent that in. That's a nice, uh, that's a nice little deal there. Angst on Reddit. I think he's also a big part of the forum action over there at DiabloFans.com. I could, I think that's correct. Anyway, put a really nice, big, thick guide together regarding what we should expect in 2.1. This is stuff data mined off PTR, out of stuff that's been released, um, guesses based on things devs have said, that kind of stuff. And there's some really interesting tidbits in here. For example, some clarity on seasons. And I'll quote right from the guide here. When creating a character, you can pick between season and non-season, giving you a total of four options on the character screen. Softcore season, softcore non-season, hardcore season, and hardcore non-season. A little confusing, I think, that part, but whatever. Existing characters will not be able to play in seasons. I cannot take GURP on a, a GURP or Dingus. Either of those two dudes cannot go and do an existing season. You start a new character. When choosing to create a season character, you'll be off to a completely fresh start. No gold, no paragon levels, empty stash, no leveled artisans, nothing. You'll also be able to, uh, are un, un, you'll be unable to play with non-laddered characters. The separation is comparable to that between hardcore and softcore right now. Um, so does that make sense? You're, you're naked. You got nothing. Ladder characters. I guess they mean, oh, I get it. You'll be unable be able to play with any non-ladder characters. Well, that's where I'm stupid because I don't know. I, I don't remember what that how you qualify as a ladder character. Anyway, seasons will feature exclusive legendary items as an additional incentive to play for them. Nowhere else in the game will, will they be available. They will only be available in seasons. But here's the beauty. After the seasons, and again, this is all based on best guess and what's been said, these items will become part of the loot table in a non-season game, uh, season game, allowing all players to access them. So, uh, once the season's over, they'll be part of the overall grab. I assume that also means that once I have them and the season ends, I can pass them around between characters because they're account bound. Hmm, nothing here that confirms that, but we may want to look into that. That seems good, though. It's also some clarity on tiered rifts, which are very interesting to me. Tiered rifts will be different from, uh, a different form of Nephilim rifts in adventure mode. The idea behind them is to have an endless dungeon of sorts with increasing difficulty the deeper you go. The farther you go, harder it gets. Each tiered rift will be on a timer, which you will be uh, required to beat and able to advance to the next level. So you've got to beat that timer or you do not advance. 
while the time you have uh, to clear the tiered rift has not been uh, yet determined, 15 minutes has been mentioned as an example. They do not point to where that was mentioned as an example, but I don't like generally timers in my video games. So I'm a little bit unsure on this, how much I'll enjoy. I don't like the pressure of, oh crap, something's ticking down. I know people, some people are really into that. Not me. That is not me. So I'm interested in tiered drifts in a lot of ways, but I am unsure whether or not uh, a fight the clock game type is, is interesting to me or as interesting as it would be otherwise. But exclusive legendaries, that is interesting to me, as it probably is to you. I don't know. You guys share your thoughts with me. Let, let me know what you think about that whole idea. Are timers dumb? Are timers great? You'll have to decide. Hey, Scott. Started playing Diablo when it first came out and got really bored with it. After the Reaper Souls came out, I tried it again. Absolutely love it. Now I'm caught between the, the predicament of playing all the characters, which I feel are great, versus trying to par- uh, get Paragon levels for my one main character. Which one do you prefer? Um, do you have any suggestions? Uh, love the show. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye. All right. So I don't have a, I, I mean, I don't have a preference, but I enjoy both quite a bit. Just depends on the kind of mood I'm in. I'm really enjoying this witch doctor right now. And I have not really been that fond of the witch doctor since the beginning, but I don't know. Something's clicking with me now. I don't think it's just that they're super OP. I'm, I'm running torrent two at level like 40 something. So that doesn't seem right to me. That Crusader, I barely got, I don't know, I'd barely get to Masterful before I was 70. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's fun, and I like that. And I will do that occasionally because I just want to do something different, right? I'll work on another character. I have a Demon Hunter in the same boat. But I also like to get into riffs and with friends and whatever and work on my, who would I, cons- I would consider my main, which is my my wizard. So uh, it just depends on the day, honestly. But here's what I think you should do. You definitely should hit 70 with somebody and get working on your paragons because that stuff's going to, that does does ultimately matter in the end. And that will certainly help with the other characters as well. But I, I just, I don't think that I have really a preference. I like, I, I like all aspects of this game right now. And it's nice to be able to hop in as, as another character and, and goof around a little bit without feeling like you're getting left behind somewhere because you're really not. You go back and work on your other dude and everything will be fine. I only had like, I don't know, 10 Paragon levels before the expansion. So I didn't really participate in Paragon much because I didn't want to do the story a hundred more times. That was not interesting to me. So the way it works now, though, is a much different prospect. If people are jumping in for the first time straight into Reaper of Souls, uh, and if, if this was me climbing the ladder to 70, I would have just kept going and gone crazy with Paragon. And I'm doing all right with it now. I think I'm, what am I, 60 or something? I should check. Uh, Maybe it's in the 40s. So I'm still, I'm nowhere near some of my friends. I've got friends in, you know, 250 or some ungodly number. Can you even go that high? (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) I've forgotten how high you can go. But, Man, one of my favorite things is respecting those those points all the time for whatever situation I'm in. I'm so glad they made that a thing you could just sort of do before a fight or before a, you know, before a, a, a run or whatever. It's great. It's way good. Finally, in the news, Blizzard looking for help in designing events for the game moving forward. I think this is a really great idea. I'll link it in the show notes at uh, frogpants.com slash Diablo. And, uh... 
they talk about other ways or other ideas or ask you to give other ideas of how this stuff might work. It's it's kind of like the anniversary buff, the way that worked. Like what other kind of events could happen where there would be an increase in gold? I mean, for example, I don't know, do we celebrate, you know, some kind of made up sanctuary holidays where there are, there are benefits to doing that and uh, reasons for you to go in and play more than you would normally or whatever. They want your ideas. They have some ideas clearly, but I like it when they want to involve you. So check that link out. You'll be glad you did. Hey, Scott. This is Tyler Gasser calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, really enjoying the Diablo show so far. Um, just wanted to call and get your thoughts regarding a new expansion class um, for a, you know, a new class for the second expansion. Um, I think the only class that I see that they're missing would be kind of a shapeshifter, like a, a druid. So just want to get your thoughts. Really enjoying the show. Thanks. Bye. I am in your, I am, in, I agree. I agree. If it's not a druid, I'll eat my shorts. I mean, essentially the witch doctor is the, that's the necromancer this time around, right? From two. So people who say, oh, we should get a necromancer. They're totally not going to do a necromancer. They're going to make a druid. And it's, that just makes perfect sense to me. Was he not the expansion class or at least one of them? Was there two? I think it was just the one for Diablo two Lord of destruction. Pretty sure that was the one you got. And yeah, duh. I mean, totally that's druids are the, if I'm putting money on it, all right, druids are what we're getting. I'd be shocked if it wasn't, let's put it that way. If it's not a druid, I'll be blown away. I never predicted which doctor though. So what do I know? But I say Druids in 2015 or whenever we're going to get this next thing. All right. I am excited to take a moment in the show today and do a little bit like we did on episode one, which is bring in a friend of the show. Talk a little bit about his class, his gameplay and why. Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers, seems to be alive and well in Diablo 3 today. And the conversation is with Second Aid. Real name's Chris. He's an old friend, been in the guild forever, loves Diablo, playing it like crazy. Every time I go in, he's in there. He's Paragon Billion. And when I roll with him, he seems to be a Shield Hucker Jr., man. Just... Shield bouncing off everybody three three or four times and then doing it all over again. And I was really curious about how that worked for him. So I took a minute, sat down, talked for about 10 minutes or so about what makes his Crusader special and why you guys might want to take a listen. Uh, so check it out. It is our good buddy Second Aid. And here he is. Well, hey there, Chris Majors, a.k.a. Second Aid. What's going on? Hey, Scott. I'm doing well. Good. It's good to have you on. So a uh, little background, everybody. Great to be here. Chris is, a, Chris is an old uh, favorite around the AIE crowd. He's been in the guild forever and always a, just always a name you see on on whatever game du jour is happening. And right now you are heavily involved in Diablo play. Is that correct? Oh, I'm loving it. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Now, I've run a few riffs with you. And every time I go, I'm left with one major question. And that is, how do you seem to have a crusader that has virtually no resource problems can make a shield seem like it bounces forever and essentially pretend like you're Captain America all day. How is that happening? Oh, I am. It's great. I love it. Um, 
there are there is a combo of two items that you need. Um, one is the, it's called the Gerfalcon's Foot, F-O-O-T-E. That's so, a one-handed flail. It's a craft, craftable or a legendary? It is a legendary. Hmm. You can actually get it from um, Kadala, I believe. Oh, wow. All you right. can gamble for it. Good. And then with what that does is Blessed Shield now is free. Where it used to be, it used to cost wrath, now it doesn't. Right, and it wasn't just cheap wrath either, right? Like, wasn't it one of the higher resource wrath takers on uh, for a it, crusader? You know, honestly, I don't know because I had <laughs> one drop for me at level twenty three when I was a wee little crusader. Mm. So I've never really spent wrath on throwing shields. So you have been spoiled your entire life as a crusader with uh, absolutely. Uh, that's great. Now I seem to be the reason I. This is all very curious to me when I play my. Crusader, who's, I think, a tick away from 70. Haven't touched him in a couple of weeks, but I'll get back in there. He seems to be always out of wrath, and he is constantly telling me that I don't have enough wrath yet. And then I see you play, and I think, well, he, you're doing things that don't seem to take wrath at all, but I assume you're still expending it somewhere. I mean, obviously, it's a resource that, even though you may not have to use it for Blessed Shield or maybe, you know, other gear would make it less expensive for other uh, other actions like any gear would, you still seem to be, you know, just laying waste to everything, torment three and above every time I see it. Yeah, uh, you know, the one thing that I have that actually spins wrath is um, falling shield, uh, falling sword. Oh, okay. Okay, so that was going to be a big question of mine. Falling sword, do you start a fight with it or end a fight with it? Is it your oh crap button or is it just a usual thing you cycle through? That's a definite oh crap button. Mm. When I am in the middle of standing in all the poop and there's walls everywhere, that is, I want to be in a different place on the map. Yeah, I always regret not that's having... That's what that's for. I always regret not having some kind of mobility selected when I'm in the middle of that. Because I don't normally, like, for example, with the wizard, I don't really like teleport all that much. I don't find it all that useful it's a nice utility when you're i guess when you're trying to get out of messes like that but most of the time when you're not trapped in a wall or cornered by three yellow bosses or whatever i Mm -hmm. i i'm that's when i need it most and that's when i regret it that i didn't put it in there but you do seem to to have some nice mobility so you're not using falling sword for the damage that thing creates you're using it to get the hell out of dodge right so all right we did this thing with ralph a few weeks ago where we compared the two quote-unquote tank classes in the game, Barbarians and Crusaders. And Crusaders, with all these changes in the most recent patch, you guys got a hell of a buff uh, on a lot oh, of levels. Oh, man, it, it, this last patch was a love letter to me, basically. To you specifically. So, Yeah, so, I, I and we didn't talk about the other item, though. I want to get back to, because oh, to yeah, do yeah, what yeah, I yeah. do, yeah. you need not only that flail, but a legendary shield called Jakang Board, which again is a, just a legendary drop. You can gamble for it. Yeah. Um, and it adds extra bounces to your shield. <laughs> so that's why when I walk in a room, I, I feel like there are four crusaders in there in addition to the four people we already have, but it's just you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am in the shield and shield accessories distribution business. (laughs) It's kind of, I mean, from my point of view, it's awesome because we're ripping through these riffs in no time. I'm barely taking damage. I've, I've got a bubble the whole time because nobody's touching me really. Um, but do you, do you think it's, uh, 
how do I put this? You never want to say this about your favorite class, but do you feel like it's OP and you're going to get nerfed? You know, I really don't because the one thing that that it's that it kind of falls down on is I do a lot of damage if there's a bunch of stuff around for me to hit. Yeah. But when it's just the one guy, that gets harder. So when because, it's one on one, you're not because because that because the bounce around is only going to be good if you've got extra dudes around. If you've got a big rift uh, rift guardian at the end and there's no minions, you're not really you're not reaping the benefit of all those extra bounces. Right. I almost want to pull the guy over to some friends so they can share the shields. Mm, interesting. So, but the- that's why this this past patch helped quite a bit, actually. Right. Explain how. Um, Tell me how. Well, what it did a couple of things. Um, it first of all, Crusaders got the full thirty percent damage reduction. Yeah. Up from fifteen, which was great. Yeah, that was um, a huge, huge deal. It gave the initial hit of Blessed Shield a buff. And it reduced the damage on the bounces, which sounds like a nerf, but it's actually better for me because I have some set pieces that give me bonuses to elite damage. Mm. So I go drag an elite next to a bunch of trash mobs, and then we throw the shields, of course. They hit the elite, they bounce to the trash mobs, they don't do as much damage to the trash mobs, so they live longer, so those shields can bounce back and forth between them. Oh, gosh. So, well, who would have thought of that? That seems like, that seems like, I mean, did you just figure that out by accident? Are you really doing the math about this stuff before encounters? Like, how are you thinking about your gear in this way? Well, I'm, you know, I'm reading forums. There's some, uh, there's some guides, uh, about this on some different places. Uh, I think Reddit's, um, Diablo three crusaders group has a, has a pretty good guide on, on doing what I do, you know, because, Crusader is kind of a strange class. You know, once you get one of these uh, legendary weapons or these these combos that lets you do this weird thing, you kind of build towards that. Right. Now, Ralph had said, Ralph had said, you are never going to change that piece of gear out. You have you have decided that or that combination anyway, you've decided that level 70 is the game's current cap until there's a new expansion and new gear. This combination is just too good, and that's it for you. It doesn't matter if some other legendary or set piece drops, and it's just insane amounts of damage but beyond that, base damage or whatever. You're going to hang on to what you've got for as long as you've got it. Yeah, I mean, this is what I know, right? I mean, if, if there was uh, – if there are – and there are some other really good um, Crusader builds out there. Um, there's another – there's a two-handed flail called Fate of the Fell that lets you do some – you, you could basically just hand you a giant shotgun. <laughs> uh, it turns, I think, Heaven's Fury from one, you know, a straight line uh, damage spell to a cone shape uh, in front of you that just lays waste to things. I, I, I know I'm, I play with a guy that, that uses it, hmm. and he will just walk up to a trash mob, a pack of, you know, trash, hit a button, and they go away. So here's my question then. Given that you know at least two of these might be to your liking, you've got one build right now that you're loving, and you've got this other one your friend has that you think, oh, that'd be fun to play with as well if I ever got that thing to drop. How do you feel about the idea of Blizzard implementing or possibly implementing something similar as they did uh, in WoW, a dual-spec type arrangement where you can literally, with a click of a button, say, here's set one, that's all the gear, that's all my spells, that's all my um, abilities, and that's all my runes. And then you have a second one with all the stuff you want for your second spec. 
do you think that's something players would want or use? You know, I hadn't thought of it until you just mentioned that, but that would be amazing, and that would also kind of extend the life of the game, really. Because, yeah. you know, right now I'm I'm optimizing one set of gear for my one dude. Yeah. And if I had, you know, I, just double that, and now I've got to go find the right pieces for for this other set. Well, and the, and the, and the net effect would be, it would probably have to be, this second tab would have to be like almost a second inventory um, or at least wearable inventory. So you could, you essentially put that stuff on and then you tab between them. It's not unlike having two sets of weapons in, uh, you know, in the game where you can switch between the two sets or you can, uh, I know you can do that in other kinds of action RPGs or this idea that you, you know, two sets of weapons are always going to be sort of at the ready. That's kind of a common uh, action RPG trope. A lot of these games use, why not just extend that to an entire set and, you know, ability set? And maybe you can't switch on the fly during combat, but why not be able to just switch on the fly somewhere else? It just seems to me that then you would have, basically you'd have two games you'd be playing and it would all sort of depend on what was dropping and when and, and all of that, or maybe even more. Maybe well, And that might change the game a little bit too much though, because think, think of it this way. If I don't have to worry about optimizing for elites, if I can just say, okay, well, let's wait, we're going we're gonna to have a boss battle, let me change into my gear that has all the elite damage bonus to it, and then, okay, we're done with that, I'll switch back to my trash killing gear. I don't, I don't know. I think you might want to only be able to change that back in town. Maybe in town. That's interesting. Yeah, but see, there's a way. I think there's a way. It would be interesting. And But you bring up a good point. See, I hadn't even considered that. This, all this stuff gets used in ways that can be exploitive and, and otherwise, you know, detrimental to the overall game experience. So if they can figure out a way to make it less so, I, I just feel like players will dig it. Because we are now getting to the point, I mean, Diablo has never been more of an endgame gear grab than it is now uh, in all of its incarnations. Oh, yeah. So because they are pushing that so, uh, so much and pushing it so well, I might add, uh, it just seems like you've got to do some things late game through patches and updates that facilitate that uh, or help yeah. that be as strong as it can be. And that seems like maybe one way to do that. Uh, time will tell. But I'm fascinated by the way you play. It's a very interesting build. And for those out there who've been listening to me talk about uh, the differences between Barbarians and Crusaders and not knowing a ton about either, it's kind of my thing. I'm a little naive to both classes, but it's fun to talk to somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, so keep up the good work, man. And uh, thanks for hanging out with me and talking about uh, Crusader from Hell with shields flying everywhere. What do you call him? Do you have a name for that craziness? Do you have a, not his character, but like, a, I don't know. What do you call the build? It's Captain America. They just call it Captain America? I saw that on some of the yeah. Reddit forums, but I just thought, really? That's what we're calling it? I guess so. It's fine. Somebody, somebody's got uh, the barbarian build that Ralph's running right now. He calls the, the, the Hulk build or something where he's leaping a lot, or maybe that's cowboy, but somebody's leaping all over the place, like some kind of freaky Hulk creature. And that's fun to watch, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I call it because you know, who else throws shield? Well, you're my Steve Rogers, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks for being <laughs> on the show. And uh, let's talk again sometime, man. Oh, my pleasure, man. God, it's Walter. I called uh, last week about us um, having to kill Diablo all over again. So now my next question for you is, now that Diablo's back, what's our next step into the next expansion or the next game? Oh, man. Well, 
I've already said Diablo is totally alive, dude. I mean, there's no way we're not fighting Diablo again. So if we're talking next game, Diablo is the guy we're going to kill. And that's just, that's what you do in these games. In fact, I mean, look at the pattern. The first game's always about killing Diablo. Second game's always about killing one of his brothers or uh, uh, some other dude who's you didn't suspect would be still a threat or is a threat now. I mean, Death Malthale is basically that guy uh, in the expansion. So, what do you? I mean, that's exactly what we're gonna do. It's not gonna start out with us killing Bale again or fighting. I don't know. I can't think of any other names. Mephisto or anyone like that. It's going to totally be him. So uh, that's how it'll start now as far as the, you know, how intricate they get with the story or how we get there. I mean, that's all that's all going to be left up to them and I don't have any idea. But I can tell you the books are getting so good that there are plenty of ways they could go about this and they could just take some of this extended fiction and drive that right into the next game, perhaps even the next expansion. Expansion-wise, I really have no idea. I assume they'd add an Act 6. I mean, you'd think, right? That's typically what they do. Their Their, their pattern is not... Small DLC chunks, it's big $30 plus um, almost full games. And usually that includes a, a full act of, of content plus new whatever else, right? So if that pattern holds, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really did like what we talked about last week about the dude. Um, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Well, whoever takes over the job of, of justice, of the angel of justice. Now that uh, Zippy heads down on Earth, right? Or down in Sanctuary. I don't know why I called him Zippy Head. You know, I do. And it's nicknames for everybody. Dingleberry. How about that? Uh, Tyrael. There you go. That's the guy I meant. Got another call about there being no way Kane is dead. Hey, Scott. Zach from San Francisco here. I just wanted to see what you thought about uh, Deckard going down for the count. I'm talking D-E-A-D. Just, you know, not your smartest decision uh, as a a company, as a game. Uh, There's just no way in hell he's gone for good, right? Guaranteed. Decker Kane will come back. He's like Diablo. He will not be dead. Of course he's not. These are, dude, video games are comic books. There's no bigger set of fans of comic books and their tropes than Blizzard. That's how they write everything. It's all like this. There's no way he's dead. Not forever. How hard would it be to bring him back? I mean, let's get like a, let's bring a necromancer into the story. Let's have him bring Cain from the, from the dead. Hey, here you go. Here's your expansion idea. The bad guy is Cain. What? You heard me. All right, let's imagine it. Everyone's okay. Sit down, chill out. Here's their story. I was once a man and now... I am the Lord of Terror. I mean, he would just imagine a giant, like, 70-foot Deckard Cain brought back to life through horrible demon stuff, you know? Demon technology, demon magic. He's the combination of a strand of Leah's hair and Diablo's tail, part of Bale's right testicle. And then his own beard, right? And there's your there's your guy. I'm in. All the destruction I would do.
geez, holy crap. <laughs> that was intense. So anyway, that's my prediction. Deckard Kane, he is the prime evil. The blood of Diablo rolls through him. By the way, if you want to send in your own uh, phone calls to the show, you've been hearing them throughout the show. It's super easy. You can send them to, uh, you can just call us, 206-278-0553, 206-278-0553, or send your attachments or emails or combination thereof to The Instance. Sorry, that's the wrong one. That's another show. That's not it. To The Diablo Show at gmail.com. That's The Diablo Show, one word, at gmail.com. And don't forget that number, 206-278-0553. You guys have been amazing. Some of the best calls I get I get on any show are coming here. And I don't know what's that I don't know what that is. I don't know what that says. But you guys are nailing it. So keep that coming. We got one email I want to read here from a Swedish fan called Jonas who says, "Hi Scott, you were talking about elective mode in the uh, in the last episode and I wanted to chime in with a couple of tips. I found that when I got really tired in my mouse arm, you know the one, you're clicking all the time." It's snapping, but I'm I'm simulating. It's my own Foley work here. You hear that? It's like clicking. Here, I'll give you a one. You hear that? Yeah. Uh, uh, and let's see. From almost constantly holding one of the other mouse buttons down for moving or attacking, so I uh, move the skills around. This is the setup he uses, and he wanted to explain this. This is for all of his alts that he keeps the primary attack on the left mouse button, but I move the secondary attack to the three key on the keyboard. So third key over, labeled number three, that's where he puts his secondary attack. On the right mouse button, he places a mobility skill like teleport or vault or whatever to get the hell out of there. And one and two, he puts on his offensive cooldowns. And on four, a defensive passive. This way, he balanced out the workload, he says, on both my hands so my arms don't get tired as quickly as before. The other tip, that's pretty good, by the way. The other tip is that there's a command called force move that is unbound by default. I assigned it to the W key. That way I can use the other hand to move occasionally, kind of unload the tired arm. I didn't know that was an option either, so news to me. So that's cool. People are used to using W to move in games and stuff. Big thanks, Jonas. Totally appreciate it. And uh, love all your suggestions, everybody. Please keep them coming. An update on a couple of contests. I told you about that uh, the skateboard, custom skateboard that's being signed by the Diablo team. We're just waiting for signatures. Wasn't supposed to take quite this long, but... It's not their fault. They're doing all they can. They're busy. They're making a game for you, right? They don't have time to come sign stuff. But when they do and it gets done, it'll be on its way and we'll get a big contest going. But before that, if you are a Diablo 3 owner and you've been sitting on the fence going, I don't know if I can justify the jump and, and pick up Reaper of Souls. I can't convince my wife that that's a good thing for me to do. Why? Well, the price, I don't want to pay. Well, I've got, a, I got news for you. Go to Diablo.com slash, or Diablo.com. Go to frogpants.com slash Diablo. And in this episode show notes, episode number five show notes, there'll be a link to enter the contest. That'll take you off to a forum. You'll enter in a few things, really just a nickname, your email, kind of where you're at. Nothing personal, nothing major. Just so, you know, we can know who to contact if you win. And we're going to give away two totally, absolutely free copies of the standard edition Reaper of Souls. And that'll work with any previous copy you might own of Diablo 3. Okay? 2D3, Reaper of Souls, standard edition codes, absolutely free. Big thanks to Blizzard for those. And um, so let's hook you guys up. Let's get you playing this game. I don't understand what's taking you so long. 
All right, we are going to get out of here here. A couple shout-outs, though. I want to thank the folks who have picked up the loot pinata on the site, <clears throat> on the store, that is, at frogpants.com slash store. There's a link in the show notes as well to that if you'd rather just click that. And uh, that is where you can get the Diablo Show loot pinata, and there's a big listing of everything that comes with it. It's a great way to support the show. And you get some cool stuff in return. Uh, there are great names on there who have supported us, like Dan Harmon, Melissa Harkness, and so many more. Thank you to you and all you who have supported the show in that way. Thanks to everybody who leaves us reviews on iTunes. We love those. Don't stop. Keep that coming. Frogpants.com slash Diablo is the website. The Diablo Show at gmail.com is our email address, as I've stated before. At Diablo Show. On Twitter? No, sorry. I tried to get that. I couldn't. It's at the Diablo Show on Twitter. It's always the's in front because everyone took other stuff. At the Diablo Show on Twitter. Or you can follow me at Scott Johnson or do both. Why not? And again on the web, frogpants.com slash Diablo. Don't forget our phone number, 206-278-0553. You guys are starting to be a really, really cool part of this show. And I think that's rad. You're like my co-host in a way. And thanks again to Second Aid for talking today. It's going to do it for us. we got Deckard Kane on the other side, plus some additional calls that didn't make it into the main show. So still plenty to listen to. Hang out for that. We'll see you next week. Good evening. Today's letter comes from Mad Hatter 83. She writes... Dear Deckard Kane, I hear that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. What do you like to have for breakfast? Well, when I'm hungry, I reach for the only meal that's endorsed by an archangel himself. The aspect of breakfast, the archangel cereal. That's right, Archangel Cereal. It's the only cereal created in the high heavens with a delightful flaky crunch. And now each box of Archangel Cereal has a 100% greater chance of containing a legendary prize, so the kiddies will be sure to eat up every bite. That's right, Archangel Cereal. It's the breakfast of Nephilim. Thank you, friends, for staying a while and listening. This segment of Ask Uncle Deckard brought to you by Archangel Serial, now available all over Sanctuary, except for Tristram, because that place is full of demons and sucks. Thank you for your help, but could you talk some sense into Leah? She won't give up on the idea of f***ing her uncle. Nor should she. I will help her f*** him. Hey, Scott. It's Brian from Houston, Texas, just checking in and saying the Diablo show is incredibly awesome. Love it. Keep doing what you're doing. Later. Hey, Scott. This is Gypsy. I got a bone to pick with you, Goober. So I can't play Diablo anymore without going by a barrel, a crate, loose stones, dead body, what have you, without thinking clickables and kickables over and over in my head. Clickables and kickables. Clickables and kickables. So thanks a lot for that. Thanks a lot. The show is awesome. You're still a Goober. Peace. Hello, Scott and all Diablo podcast listeners. This is Frankie from Sweden. How are you doing? I have a question for you. What would you like to see story-wise in the next Diablo expansion? For instance, uh, I always find it a bit annoying that you don't see any more of the Thieves Guild. 
Uh, you do kill that guy that says, the rest of the Thieves Guild will find you, and they just never do. So I would like to see more of the Thieves Guild in the upcoming expansion. So what do you think? Bye, thanks, love the shows. Hey Scott, love the show. I have been very impressed with Diablo 3's graphical aesthetic beauty. It's just a very visually pleasing game for me. And it's one of the reasons why I play. It's also a very unique looking game, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what made it so unique. And I finally figured it out. Because of Diablo's fixed camera angle, which as you know is a three-quarters top-down view, the developers are challenged in showing you things that are off in the distance and off in the horizon. So what I notice with a lot of the maps is they have these portions of the maps where you're walking over the bridge and below you and underneath you in the distance you'll see um, what's below you, like the top of buildings and a city and whatnot. And you can actually see this in the very first act, in the very first part. Anyway, that's sort of the thing I think that, that makes the game unique to me. I would love to hear your thoughts on um, what Blizzard did in terms of implementing graphics in the games and um, just sort of your general thoughts on, on, on its sort of look. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Scott. David here from beautiful Eugene, Oregon. You got a call in the last show about Rift It Forward and you weren't sure exactly how that works. Uh, the deal is, if you are joining games to just kill the Rift Guardian, then it's your responsibility to open the next Rift for the people who are actually completing the Rifts. Um, if it's a group of three and you join and you're the fourth one, obviously you're going to open the next Rift. Uh, if it's a group of one or two... So multiple people are joining just for the Rift Guardian. Then they usually set up a rule when they're inviting, you know, either lowest paragon, highest paragon, or maybe last to join is, is who is going to open the next rift. Uh, I love Rifted Forward. It's it's all about it, a win-win situation, and that's what's so cool about it is people figured out a way to, to get together and make it a win. So whether you're on the Rift side or and you get to run free Rifts all day or if you're just killing Rift Guardians and getting those Blood Shards, you win. Uh, I'm going to end this by saying derp because I miss uh, App Slappy and maybe uh, the derp thing can happen here. I never understood it, but I liked it. All right, take care, buddy. Hey, Scott, this is Josh. I was just uh, sending us in regarding the expansions for uh, the consoles for Diablo 3 Reverse Souls. I believe the PS3 and PS or Xbox 360 version are 40 bucks, just for the fact that um, most of the people who are going to be picking it up already own the Diablo 3 original, so they're just probably discounting it as an expansion quote-unquote for those consoles and the newer um, consoles get Diablo 3 and Reaper Souls all together and so that's $60 I think that's the reasoning I could be wrong but another thing they said at BlizzCon was that you will be able to transfer your saves from the PS3 version to the PS4 version when that hits um, that's what I remember I could be wrong but uh I hope you agree there, and uh, thanks for the podcast. It's amazing. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios 
Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.